The scripture reading for this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And if you found it, let me read it for you. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, their sole property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so now we want to invite Pastor Finson to preach the sermon entitled The Ordinary Church. Pastor Finson, please. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we come before you, um, would you give us clarity of mind? Will your spirit lead us into the truth and lead your servant to preach the word in accordance with your holy and sacred scripture? May we find rest, find way, find love, and find peace in your word. In Christ's most beloved name we pray. Amen. And a child, a boy, saw the... uh, chrysalis in the bushes and he took it home because he wanted to see the um, the chrysalis broke into uh, it became the butterfly but after struggling for several hours the uh, chrysalis the butterfly did not come up so the boy was anxious and he wanted to help this butterfly to come up from the chrysalis so he took the scissors and he cut the chrysalis. And as we all know, the butterfly managed to came out from the chrysalis. But the butterfly died. He didn't expect that after the butterfly broke free from the chrysalis, it died in the chrysalis. Because its wings were not strong enough to fly, it died in a painful death soon later. Now, the, we, we, we got to know that the concern by this boy is, um, it, it was good, a concern for this butterfly. He tries to help this butterfly um, to break free from the chrysalis. But he used a wrong method, he re- used a wrong way, because he was so eager to see this butterfly to fly in the sky. He was so eager to see this butterfly break free from this chrysalis, And probably he needs to wait patiently. He needs to use the natural way, the butterfly's way, to let it fly, let it survive with its own way. He needs to take his time in order to be faster. Now, if we put this situation, the story can be applied to the church as well. When we want the church to grow and to take off, are we so eager to see things um, do in our own ways and we neglect to pay attention to apply the fundamental methods to the church while we're expecting 
the growth, the spiritual growth, the growth of number, the quantity in the church. So what does God want us to do? And what is the fundamental way that God has given to the church? So if you have the Bible along with you, whether it's your phone, your Bible, let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And I'm going to read it in the ESV versions. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, there was a long sermon by the Apostle Peter. That's just um, one of the portions by, um, by Peter. So after Peter preached this sermon, the converts repented, believed in Christ, and they baptized in Christ and into the church to become the Christians. But bear in mind that they did not stop at that stage. They didn't be baptized and then stop there. They didn't just proclaim Christ and then just stop there. But they proceed and move on and listen to what the Bible says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings the fellowship the breaking of bread and prayers in other words these three thousands and so Christians who were converted and baptized in Christ they devoted to live a Christian and a church life as we all know previously those three thousands people they were so hostile and they were against Christ they even want to put, death, put Christ to death. But now they live a life different than the past. They live a Christian's and a church life. So fundamentally, what is church life? What is a Christian's life? As we see from the Bible, there is four aspects written in the Bible. First of all is the apostles' teachings, the devotions to the apostles' teachings. Now, we don't need to go into this aspect too much. In general, it means the teachings, the preachings by the apostles, which is, we can understand in the century, which is the Word of God. They devoted to the Word of God. And the second is they devoted to the fellowship. There is a sense of connection, communications between us. There is a participation in your life, and you participate in my life. That's a kind of fellowship. So on spiritual level, on spiritual perspective, we all know that Christ made us one with Christ. And the one beside you, the one in front of you, the one at your back is your brother and sister, though we're not from the same family. But you can call him brother, you can call him sister, because we are made one in Christ. But how does this apply in practical level? And I'm going to give you two ways. There's one of the ways was through communications. And we can talk about your sorrows, your happy moment. We can share your joy and you can share my burden. 
We share our emotions. We share our life one another. But beyond that, we share the word of God. So most of us, when we be together, when we gather together, we just talk about like gossip, anything, and we complain. But what if we try to add the word of God, try to encourage, try to affirm, and try to build one another by the word of God instead of just blaming, instead of instead of just gossiping. What if the word of God can helps us, can builds us, and that's one of the felt way of fellowship, which is by through sharing our life together and share the word of God. And the second way, as we can see, it's stated in verses forty-four to forty-five. So, if you look to your Bible, the early church and all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. So, the second type. Besides our communication, sharing, sharing our life together, we share our material, we share our things. But we got to understand that this practice it was not compulsion, but rather a voluntary one. Which means, in the early church, they were not being forced to sell all their properties, their home, their money, the things, and moving together and live together. But they rather Made it voluntary. So when I see your need, I sense your need, and I volunteer to help you. So some people misunderstood Luke's description and built a communities or cult based on this passage, which in result made the family to broke down. But this is only a description of the early church. It may have been due to financial situations, or probably because of these. Newly believer, they were forced. They were being persecuted by their fellow Jews because they believe in Christ. So there is a need. But in any case, the material sharing they volunteer it, whether in communications, whether in sharing their life together, whether in sharing the things together, they all made it volunteer. There is no rigid command to sell everything and live together. And thirdly, breaking the bread it means to eat together, to dine together, breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner, supper. They eat together and talk about Christ together. And this also may include the Lord's Supper. And last but not the least, they often gather to pray together. They gather temple day by day, and they pray. Also pray in the other places, whether it's public or private. They all pray together. So that's the church life. The four aspects: they devoted to the apostles' teachings, they pray, they eat together, have the Lord's supper together, and also they have the communion fellowship together. That's the church life. They took the church life seriously. But my friends, do you think this life looks so ordinary to all of us? It's normal, right? We've heard it, we've seen it. We've experienced it. Normal and ordinary, right? But how would this group of early church members react if they have the opportunity to see the growth of the church in 21st century? From a quantitative view, 
Perhaps they will be surprised that 3,000 or so members in the early church now grow into billions and billions members and Christians around the world. But what about we see from qualitative perspective? Do we see any growth in the church? Now, the frequent and hot and frenzied discussion in the church circles in these past two years has been the issue of the online church and the physical worship service. Now, while the church have a lot of opinions, and when different denominations, churches, as believers to back in the physical worship, everyone expresses their opinions, and we got to respect each opinions because it's, we can say that it's good. But before we get into the heated discussions, we may need to rethink how do I feel about my own Christian's life? How do I see my devotions to the church life before we got into this heated discussion? Now, my point is that it's not edifying to be indifferent to the church and Christian's life while arguing on this matter, on this issue. And my concern is that we will engage the church with a consumer mentality, even asserting that my own way, my own thinking is the best way than yours. So before we rush to any different ways of growing the church, the question we need to ask is, are we first and foremost in the first place devoted and committed in the church and Christian's life, which is the apostolic teaching, prayer, fellowship with one another, and joining our hearts together in the Lord's Supper? The seemingly ordinary and normal and basic approach is often overlooked by most of us. And what would the early church believer think of the believers in the 21st century? And perhaps we are no longer following, devoted into this apostolic teaching. And perhaps the Bible, the texts in the Bible are like the prey and we are the hunter, rush into the bushes of the scripture and we just pick and choose the scripture we love. What I love, I follow. And what I hate, nah. Not going to follow it. So, what about small group fellowship? Maybe we don't open ourselves to our fellow members no more. And the group is just a place to cope, it's no longer a place that can build one another, it's no longer the place that we can share our thoughts and share our struggles. It's no longer a place of words of encouragement. And the Lord's Supper has been degenerated into a meaningless religious ritual. And what about our Sunday life? Maybe we just open our life just for two hours, maybe one hour in the Sunday, and the rest of our days, we close ourselves. We shut ourselves off from the other people, from God. And only this certain time, certain, in certain place, we open ourselves to God and to people. 
Now, there's certainly many factors, family, work, pandemic, that prevents us from living a Christian's and a church life. But the reality is that the life and the responsibility at work, at life, at home, at church, do not disappear because of the hardship. We still have the responsibility and we're being given this mission by God to fulfill His will. But He promises that if we follow His way, no matter how hard the process is, God will work it out. And the question is, do we believe it and do we devote it into this life? So as a believer, we need to think deeply about this. If we desire to see the church grow, that our spiritual grow, together, but we're so indifferent and we don't even commit to the church and Christian's life, the growth is still so far away from all of us. And as a leader and as a preacher of the church, we need to reflect even more. If the leaders in the church do not promote fellowship, do not teach the congregation, the church, the apostolic teaching if we do not teach the meaning of the Lord's Supper, if we do not promote prayer, then the responsibility and the accountability is even greater. So above all, what I'm trying to ask is, as believers, are we devoted in living the Christian's life on personal, family, church level? And as the preachers and the church leaders, are we devoted in teaching and leading the church into the right Christians and the church life. So my friends, I'm going to say God blesses the devoted church. God bless the church that devote to Him and devote to one another. It's God-centered and other-centered. What we often see as an ordinary way is the Word of God of how he bless and grow the church. Now look at what the Bible says. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Don't we all long for this kind of situation, this phenomenon happen in the future and right now? And don't we long for that kind of specific fellowship that God specifically given to the church? And don't we all long for the unsaved to be saved and join the church to receive the unique presence in Christ together? But how does God make all this thing happen? And we see from the scripture, the Christians, the church, they are favored and they're loved by the people. In what way? As we see from the Bible, they worship God with joy. They're so generous in sharing and helping one another. So from the fundamental sense, at least we can say that this group of Christians, they're so joyful and they are so generous. Joyful and generous should characterize a Christian and a church. They see it, they experience it, and they know it. Now, if you were a civilian and non-believer at that time, you might wonder, life so hard. How on earth can these people be so joyful while we're 
being persecuted by the Romans. And life is so hard. We don't have enough money to survive. And how on earth can these Christians help one another? Like how? It's unbelievable. So how do they show up and live differently? Again, what may seem as an ordinary way to us is the way of God to grow the church. The church devoted to apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. God has given this method to the church so that it can be blessed by God in both quality and quantity. Would this work today? Would this work today? Would this work today? And I'm going to say yes. God still bless the devoted church. Now, many times the timing of the work of God does not always work and seen immediately. But it certainly worked in His way. Now, perhaps many people may not have been involved in church planting. So for those of you leaders in the church, the pioneer of FMC, think about that. Think of how you start this church. Think of how you start this church. In 1995, at Huixin's Commercial Center, there were only 70 adults and 16 children. We all start small, don't we? And in the first month of 2003, the FMC moved to its current locations. By that time, the total number was about 350. Eight years of growth has not been easy. And I do believe that these pioneers, the leaders, gone ups and downs, sweet and sour. But isn't this way? But isn't that this how God blessed the church in this pioneer who devoted in the church life by devoting to apostles' teachings, fellowship, breaking the bread, and pray together, and having favor and love by all the people around this Huixing, Sengung, and even far, far and farther area. Now, as we look back, we also reflect on the now. Is the church favor and love by all? What should we do if the church fails in this sense? Leave the church? Blame the church? Criticize the church? Nah. We need to face the fact of failure. Repent and back to the fundamental belief of the Christian's fellowship. Confess that we have not worked enough on this authentic unity to promote love. 
confess that in this age of fast-paced pursuit, we have rushed to replace the weight of God with any other things, any other ways. The word of God for the family is the same. If the ch- God wants the church to devote in His teaching, the family is the same. For more than twenty years, my parents were teachers with a salary less than four hundred. Now, for as long as I can remember, they were they were always working so hard in and out. But during these hard times, my parent left the most beautiful example for me and my sisters. They never forgot to teach us the word of God. They devoted in teaching the word of God to all of us. My father has been telling me to constantly tie and make offerings since I was a kid, and I can experience and I can、um, testify. Made a testimony that my father has been blessed by God through his persistently tithing and offering. And my mom is a woman of prayer. Morning, night, she pray for all of us. And from her example of praying, I learned the power and peace that comes from the prayerful entrustment to God. And my parents set the example for me in the Christian's faith. Life can be hard, but our kid cannot live without Christian's faith. They said, "Our life can be hard, but our kid cannot live without Christian faith." Now, in the same way, we cannot live in the fallen and suffering world without Christ in it. Because the church is a bunch, is a group of people chosen by God from this world, not just to worship God, but also to shine above, shine in this world. And we're so blessed by God because we have the presence in Christ. He dwells in us, and we dwell in Him. And we are a bunch, a group of people that owned by Him. Owned by this great King and Savior, and we too we own this perfect, sovereign, great Savior. So as we have this mystical union with Christ, whenever we're sad, the Holy Spirit will always remind us of our union with Christ. That Christ has been through all this path of suffering. And pain for all of us, and if Christ has bore all this suffering for all of us, and if Christ has experienced all of this, we know that He can understand us, and that's enough. And I have the power to move on because Christ is in me, and because of this union with Christ, the church is in Christ. The life of the church is in Christ. So the church is the manifestations of the life of Christ, and that's why the church can be favored and loved by all, because Christ is in the church. We're in Christ. We're the life of Christ, and the life of Christ is in us.
So is it not this the promise that Christ made to his disciple before he ascended to heaven? The Holy Spirit comes upon us and we will receive the power to be his witness. If evangelizing, evangelism and mission is the way to witness, one of the way to witness Christ, what if God gave us the method to persistently and devoted in this Christian's life by following the apostolic teaching, pray together, have fellowship together, and join our hearts together in the Lord's Supper. What if this way is the method of witnessing His name? So my friend, God also invites you to unite with Christ today. He will change your life through the union in Christ. And He also wants to lead the church, the people, to be His witness by the means of our devotion to the Christians and the church life. So my friend, it may be faster to take things slowly. It may be faster to do it slowly. We all want to see the growth of the church and believers immediately, right now, right now. Fundamentally, we need to go back to the Bible in our pursuit of growth. Now, when I prepare this sermon, I don't think that the word ordinary is the right word to define church. Because I believe that the church is extraordinary. And since the church is in the mystical union with Christ, and since we have this divine power in the Holy Spirit which can transform the life, the family, the society, the nations, and the world, the church is never ordinary. So the, God, the church of God is extraordinary. But before I can open my mind to the idea of becoming a disciple who does the great things, let's devote it to the Christians and the church life first. When we all want to follow in the footstep of some spiritual giants, the greats in the history and we all want to be fired up when we join some conference to receive the fire, to receive the inspirations. But before these spiritual greats rot the world, they live and devoted in Christian's life. And as a result, they became extraordinary in their ordinariness. Do you want to change? Do you wish to see any growth again in the FMC church? Take your time. It may be faster to do it slowly. And last but not the least, I would like to quote the words of encouragement from 
our past SCSC president, and also my beloved teacher, Reverend T, on your church 20th anniversary, be faithful in your services to God and people. Be available for your spouse, parents, children at home, and the poor and the needy in your society and beyond. Be intentional in your daily walk with God in your love and others, especially fellowship, social concerns, mission, and evangelism. Be teachable. All time, whether you are younger or old, and be holy in all things you think, say, and do. Isn't this the church life? Isn't this the Christian's life? Faithful to the Bible, be available to our brothers and sisters, be intentional with to them. And always be teachable and be holy, as we manifest our life to this community. So, from this day onwards, let us be persistent in following the apostles' teaching. Devoted in your cell group, your fellowship, make time, make effort to build the relationship with them, share more, love more, encourage more. And persistently in receiving the Lord's Supper, and also be persistent in public and private prayer. Join together and pray together in the church. So God wants us to change, and has given the means to change our life and to grow the church, and that's the promise of God. Let's pray together. Father, what it means, what a way, what a sweet and lovely way that you have given to your beloved church. That you would see the church grow in your own way. When the church devoted in your way to live a Christian's and a church life, the growth will happen because it is your way. So, Father, I pray all of us, with the leaders, layperson, the pastors, the preachers, and all of us, we be in this fellowship together to grow the church together by living and devoted in this Christian life. So, help us, we pray, Father. In Christ's most beloved name, we pray. Amen.